0: you <laughs> Birthday, Bilbo and Frodo Baggins. It's Hobbit Day. Hooray! This is Fiorella de Maria bringing you the early show all the way from a chilly autumnal England. Should I say anything on the programme that strikes a chord, interests you, or heaven help me, causes you to choke on your cornflakes, please let me know. As always, our call in telephone number is 844 527 8723. That's eight four four five two seven eight seven two three, 527 8723. And the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Jacqueline's asking, everyone's still asleep? It looks like they are. Hardly anyone in the chat room yet. Wake up. Wake up, everyone. It's a beautiful day full of promise. In fact, somebody sent me this slightly annoying feel-good line this morning. Every day comes bearing its gifts. Untie the ribbon. So untie the ribbon, get up and listen to the early show and Get into the chat room and tell me how you're feeling this morning on Hobbit Day. To be quite honest, my life has already flashed before me at least once today. I was in the gym. I'd like you to know I was in the gym. I was, uh, I'd I'd been uh, on the climbing stairs, which is always a bit of a strain, and on the rowing machine. And then I'm on the exercise bike and then there's a phone call from my youngest child. Help, help, come to the ice rink immediately. Something awful's happened. So I'm running out of the gym and I'm looking from the viewing gallery down to the ice rink, watching Francesca being carried off the ice in a wheelchair, rushed all the way down to the rink, praying, praying, praying. Oh, please, God, let it be all right. Let it be all right. Oh, please. And then uh, one of the coaches comes over to me, calms me down, says uh, she's had a fall. She's slapped her her head on the ice. Uh, You need to be calm so that she will be calm. No panicky mums, please. So I took a deep breath, knocked on the first aid room door and uh, she's now home, lying on the sofa, snuggled up with Monty the dog uh, and a nice pack on her head because in fact she didn't Exactly, slap her head. She slapped her face. So she's going to have a massive black eye by the morning unless we manage to get the frozen peas to do their work. And she's having a nice long hot drink and some toast and jam to restore her nerves. And I'm here talking to you to restore mine. I am also babysitting my wonderful, lovely... Complete powerhouse of a niece. She's not quite two years old and full of energy and into everything. Raffi is with me today. Um, in fact, she's with me till Sunday. I put a little picture of her in the chat room. She is absolutely beautiful. She's like a little doll. There she is. That captures her um, captures her personality pretty well. Maggie, uh, Denny saying, absolutely precious. Really, she's so sweet. And I'd sort of forgotten just how. Um, Full on. It is. It is. I've I've been I've been saying this over and over again on repeat for the last 48 hours that you can't leave them on their own for a moment. But, you know, something my other children are loving having a little one around and she's really bonded with her big cousins. So that's what family life is supposed to be about, isn't it? It's everyone. You know, we're an extended family culture, cousins growing up with cousins and, you know, aunties and uncles and everything. It's it's important. We've all got a little a little role to play. Denny saying Oh Doodlebug was knocking on his door at four fifteen. I told him it's still night time. But left his door open so he could get his tab, and I went back to bed. Oh it's great when at least you can do that. Um, I think poor little Raffi was up at about five this morning, but her mamma was back by then. Yes, Jacqueline saying, "Poor baby. I hope she heals quickly. Thank you. Please do say a little prayer uh, for Francesca because she's got a really big competition coming up, and it's more that it's a shock having a fall like that. At least she didn't break anything or sprain anything, but it's you know when you have a a very hard unexpected fall like that, she said, everyone's looking, and oh gosh, yes, it's um, it's it's kind of it's kind of scary and slightly embarrassing and worrying.' So yes." Lots of prayers. She'll be having a nice rest. She's been she's under orders from the head coach not to get back on the ice until Monday so she can have a nice proper rest. Jacqueline saying read yesterday one of the older students brought um, my grandson to, uh, grandson to me, Mrs Smart. Your grandson is hurt. and He's bleeding. Turns out he walked behind the swing um oh got a busted lip that, that's really unpleasant yes I, one of my children got knocked over by a swing once and the poor child who was on the swing was ever so upset but she couldn't see um child child wandering behind it's one of those things that it only happened once generally speaking none of my children ever got knocked over by a swing more than once but yes it's quite um it's you know, blood, blood on the face is always distressing and you know they get frightened so no my heart was in my mouth yeah, I mean, my baby's 15, and I my heart was still in my mouth, and I still wanted to wanted to hug her and say, "There, that's there, all right. I'll kiss you better." Um, there we go. But yes, it is Hobbit Day. Hobbit Day, and this is because, in fact, in the books, Bilbo and Frodo both have birthdays on the 22nd of September. Um, so the American Tolkien Society. Founded this day back in 1978 to further the study and spread the appreciation of J.R.R. R. Tolkien and his son Christopher. Um, Bilbo, you remember, um, celebrates his 111st birthday on this date, and Frodo Baggins, who is 78 years younger than Bilbo, is born on the same date in the year. 2,968 of the Third Age. So um, they just have to sort of... I don't think the calendar's actually synchronised. But you're supposed to celebrate by hosting a party or a feast like one held in the books. There are some wonderful feasts in The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings trilogy. So um, I think, you know, you could have a lot of fun with this. Don't wear shoes. Because the Hobbits are always barefoot. Could you actually bear to walk around barefoot all day out of love for the Hobbit? Um, I'm not not sure about this. Uh, I might pass. Attend a marathon viewing session of the movie version of the books and participate in the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings quizzes. And if there are young adults in your life, encourage them to read Tolkien's work. Well, I think I'd watch the films. I'm not the Hobbit films, though. I didn't like the Hobbit films. I felt very cheated. Um, I did, though, love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It, it remains my favourite series of films by, by quite a long way. It's, uh, I, I don't know about you. Did, did anyone else watch the films? In fact, has anyone watched the Hobbit films and liked them? I'm curious to know. Did anyone actually watch the Hobbit trilogy and think that's really good? Because I don't know anybody who enjoyed them. It was just felt it was a bit of a cash grab. So, well, anyway, let me know if you actually enjoyed them. I did, however, love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And they came out at Christmas time for three years running. And it became a kind of beginning of the Christmas holidays feature for us. we would watch the Lord of the Rings and then go home and start preparing for Christmas. It was usually the first thing I did um whenever you know when I was on holiday we'd go straight to the cinema and watch lord of the rings now i am going to rerun this quiz in honor of tolkien okay we've done it before and we'll do it again i think we will do better this time the Lord of the Rings quiz. Let's see who can answer the questions. I'll have these questions going on throughout the show today. What book did Tolkien publish simultaneously with Lord of the Rings, The Silmarillion, The Adventures of Tom Bombadil or The Hobbit? What book did Tolkien, sorry, what book did Tolkien want published simultaneously with Lord of the Rings, The Silmarillion, The Adventures of Tom Bombadil or The Hobbit? Answers in the chat room please. No, it's, a, it's an Ember Friday today, isn't it, Jacqueline? Well, oh, so we, can't, we can't have a feast. This is true. Could you have a vegetarian feast in honour of Lord of the Rings? I'm not sure it would quite fit the understanding of the Hobbit we have, to be quite honest. Well, how about on this day? Okay, let's look at some other things that happened on this day besides Hobbit Day. You might have to postpone the feasting. Then you could probably watch the film. I, I tell you what, you could go barefoot. Definitely you could go barefoot if you wanted to, all day. And that could be penitential and in honour of the Hobbit as well. There we go. See, there's a solution to everything. Right. On this day, in 1485, Richard III of England was defeated and killed at the Battle of Bosworth Field. A horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse and all that. He was the last king to be killed in battle. It was quite a long time ago, the last king to be killed in battle. Other kings have been killed, but not in battle, not leading his armies into battle. He was buried. His final resting place was not known. And then finally, they found his body, his remains in a car park in Leicester, under a car park, I should say. So he has been reinterred in Leicester Cathedral. That was in 2015. And there he is. It was the last battle of the War of the Roses. It is also National States and Capitals Day, National Hobbit Day, yes, National Deer Diary Day. I don't know what that means. Is that supposed to you're supposed to remember you're supposed to start a diary or something? National Ice Cream Cone Day and National White Chocolate Day. I'm so glad that's food in there. Yeah, that's great. Um, I think I think a good I think a good food conversation is, is in order. Ice cream cones. Wonderful adventures invented by by the way, the ice cream cone was invented by the Victorians. But because because uh, people liked ice cream at the seaside, they used to have a thing called the penny lick, which was a little um, glass bowl. For a penny, you got the glass bowl with the ice cream. But you then gave back the ice ice cream bowl. You know, you had your ice cream and then you gave back the bowl. And then, of course, it would be immediately refilled with ice cream without anyone washing it. And it was reckoned it was a tiny bit unhygienic. And that was where the cone was invented. So we have the ice cream cone to thank for probably not quite so many really disgusting illnesses. Um. Jacqueline, my talk testing picked up my husband yelling at the rooster who was crowing in his ears while he was trying to hear me tell him where a rabbit bottle was aha they were we he was telling the he was telling the um rooster to shut up because i was so confused jacqueline when i read that it's like turns out he walked behind a swing shut up and got a busted lip i just got i just didn't i didn't quote the shut up because i thought i'm pretty sure you weren't telling me to shut up in the middle of that <laughs> there we are i love talk testing texting is great and um, there are five roosters in a rabbit barn they can be quite annoying when they're going off at the same time sorry why do you need to have five roosters I'm I'm curious to know is is that actually is that actually useful, um, or or are they pets? Um, Maggie saying there's nothing like a great ice cream cone. There isn't. And uh, how about a white chocolate ice cream cone since it's also White Chocolate Day? I think it's great. I love the idea of celebrating ice cream cones. Well, maybe I don't know. Are you allowed an ice cream cone? Are you allowed an ice cream cone on on an Ember Friday? Just wondering, because I'm just trying to work out what would. A hobbit ice cream be like? What would it be like? And Jacqueline, I am filled with admiration for you being able to talk, text as you are milking goats. I mean, that is proper multitasking. Don't worry about the odd, um, uh, the odd uh, goof in the middle of the in the middle of the text. Yes. So yes, it is. Yes, the anniversary of Bosworth Fields which ushered in the Tudor dynasty, which was not a good thing for England. Let me just say that it was not a good thing. Um, yes, Denny Sem is asking sort of a similar question to me. Who would want a rooster as a pet? They're mean and loud and aggressive. Um, I've just been reviewing a book about a, a couple who went out to Spain to start a new life and they kept chickens and they bought themselves a rooster. We call them cockerels. And it was so aggressive they had to get rid of it in the end. Because, I mean, literally grown men would be sent flying out of the yard screaming because of this tiny little cockerel. Um, uh, yes. Philip, thank you. My thoughts exactly one cockerel and a, one rooster and a delicious, delicious stew. Maggie, this is wonderful. Hobbit door ice cream sandwiches. This is perfect. Where did you find this? Is there a recipe? A hobbit ice cream. A hobbit ice cream sandwich. This is actually a thing. Oh, I see. Sorry Jacqueline is explaining. We use the different roosters to breed for for certain breeds. They're caged up to keep them from fighting. Yes, I'd imagine that would be a bit uh, chaotic. It's 26 minutes past the hour. Doesn't time fly when you're talking hobbits and chickens? It is 26 minutes past the hour. You're listening to The Early Show with your hostess, Fiorella de Maria. If you have missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of The Early Show as a podcast, same day, from CrusadeMax.com. We have been talking about Hobbit Day. It is Bilbo Baggins and Frodo Baggins' birthday, 22nd of September. In Hobbit years slightly different date but hey let's keep it to the 22nd of September so you can celebrate not with a feast today because it is a Friday but you could walk barefoot all day and therefore also uh, fulfill your Friday penance and you could watch a mammoth extended version of the Lord of the Rings films that should keep you going for pretty much the entire day I'm babysitting my nearly two-year-old niece today so I don't think there's going to be any sitting around watching orc battles, but I would love to do that um, sometime or other. It is also the anniversary of the death of King Richard III in battle, Battle of Bosworth Field. He was the last king, the last English king, I should say, to be killed in battle and his death brought about the end of the War of the Roses and ushered in the Tudor dynasty, the horrible Tudor dynasty that wrecked England forever. Um, We're getting, what is this? Um, Dr. Torres is saying yesterday was the 21st of September. Do you remember the 21st night of, oh dear, I'm lost as usual. Maggie, that is beautiful. Who doesn't love a Hobbit birthday cake? That is such a wonderful cake. It is literally a birthday cake. You've got to get into the chat room just to see this. It's a birthday cake and it's a Hobbit hole complete with the door and the names of the... It's got Happy Birthday Elliot on it and there's Gandalf. Did you know, a bit of trivia... Okay, actually I'm going to let you guess for a moment. Have you any idea which actor passed up the opportunity to be Gandalf? which famous actor passed up the opportunity to play Gandalf because he said he did not understand the script. He just didn't get it. He must have been kicking himself. Um, Dr. Torres says there's also there's a song that says everybody was kung fu fighting. I saw a T-shirt that read surely not everyone was kung fu fighting. Oh, hang on. Is this something to do with the Beatles? Because they did their first live performance on this day as well. I'm probably wrong. Paul C is asking, earth, wind and fire song. Good morning, PDCCO. Um, yes. Yes to what Paul was saying. I'm guessing not yes to what I was suggesting, probably. Um, and by the way, the answer to the question was, what book did Tolkien want to publish simultaneously with Lord of the Rings? It was The Silmarillion. Question two, what does Frodo wish for at the Black Gate of Mordor? A thousand oliphants, with Gandalf on a white one at their head. that The ring had never, never been found and no killing. What do you reckon is the answer there? I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this one. Right, moving swiftly on. All the rage at the moment. What everybody is talking about, so I'm not going to be able to avoid this, is... Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Oh, Jacqueline, sad news. The baby bunnies got attacked by a rat. They all died. They were my first pedigreed show rabbit. So big loss. Oh, I'm sorry, Jacqueline. That is so sad. I'm really sorry for your loss. That's very distressing. Cat has been moved into the barn. Gosh. Uh, well, I just, I just hope, you know, Yes, was that the one? Yes, because you said the one that got scratched up. Um, did that one survive? I always feel sad when little baby little baby animals die. Um, Paul C, you're right. I, it, the guess is the Frodo wishes at the gates of Mordor that the Ring had never, never been found. It's, everyone is talking about Russell Brown at the moment now? Russell Brown is one, one of these people who. Really. I have to admit, I never liked he's an actor and a comedian. I don't even know how famous he is uh, in the States, but he's one of these people who really fancies himself as some kind of prophet. He is just an actor and a comedian. He's famous for being very controversial and for um, rather unfortunate behavior. Do you remember the 21st night of September? Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, even the scratched up one died. I'm so sorry, Jacqueline. Yes, as Maggie's saying, your cat will take care of the future ones. That, but that is very tough. That's a horrible thing to find. I actually didn't know that rats did that. I, I didn't know they were they were that aggressive. So, no, that, that's really sad. Um, yes, Russell Brand has now, having been this huge influencer who fancies himself as some kind of messiah, has had various allegations made against him. Um, It's not looking very good. He's being accused of multiple counts of sexual assault. I'm sort of sparing my judgment about this. I think, as with so many of these figures who have accusations made against them, let the courts try them. Let the courts try them and not the social media circuit. I'm particularly saying this because I've never liked him. He's always I'm very allergic to actors who pretend to be gurus. um, So I'm naturally rather biased. I, you know, I I wasn't one of those who said, oh, no, he couldn't possibly. However, there is something I need to say about Russell Brand. This is heading towards being yet another BBC disaster. Um, Some of you may remember the BBC came under considerable fire when the Jimmy Savile case emerged. Jimmy Savile was a national treasure. He was one of the most famous figures on television. For many of us, he was the face of childhood with the Jim Will Fix It show when we were kids. And he then turned out to be the most prolific Ah, uh, sex offender in British history, they think. And the BBC had a lot of questions to answer as to how much they actually knew about what he was doing and how much they protected him because he was such an important brand. The same questions are starting to be asked now about Russell Brand, because obviously the allegations will have to be investigated. Um, you know he's likely to end up on trial, but he did. Talk openly and mockingly on live radio on BBC Radio about indecently exposing himself to a woman. You know, one of the people who has come forward, claiming that uh, he, um, you know, he he committed a, a sexual crime against them, is this woman who said that you know she went, she was um, she was working at the studio, and he indecently exposed himself to her. She said it was extremely frightening. And she then heard him boasting boasting about it on radio. So this man has a lot to answer for. He has a big case to answer. Anyway, we need to go to an ad break now. So please stay tuned. You are listening to The Early Show with Fiorella de Maria. Um, we will return in just a moment here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. Good morning, all you early risers and insomniacs and those of you catching the show's rebroadcast at midday. For those of you just joining us, you are listening to The Early Show with your hostess from across the pond, Fiorella de Maria. Our call-in telephone number is 844-527-8723. That's eight four four five two seven eight seven two three. 527 8723 And the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary, photographs and news at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Do talk to me. Do join the conversation as you enjoy an abstemious Friday breakfast. If you've missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of the early show as a podcast. Same day from crusademax.com. We've been talking about National Hobbit Day instituted in 1978. This day celebrates Tolkien's works, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings trilogy. You can celebrate by having a mammoth back-to-back movie watch of the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. I don't know about you, I couldn't stand The Hobbit films, so I will not be watching those. You can have a feast, or perhaps not today, it being a Friday. Or you could walk around barefoot all day because... Hobbits Didn't Wear Shoes. That is what that frolicking music Dos Torres is. It's lord of the rings music the hobbit theme in fact from lord of the rings and i love that music so much i was unwilling to come in with my intro just because i do love that i think it's one of my favorite soundtracks i'm very fond of film soundtracks i think it's some of the best music being composed these days and i particularly love the lord of the rings so that was a beautiful treat today jacqueline is sharing the sad news that her baby rabbits were killed by a rat A horrible thing to happen and really sorry Maggie's saying so sad sorry for the loss I'm sure that's a financial and emotional hit for you and Jacqueline's saying "Uh, my daughter's the one who originally found them tried to save the last one finally had to discover that one was gone Um, farm life can be tough it certainly can that's really really difficult Um, but Jacqueline that's a beautiful hobbit door wreath that is so charming that goes beautifully with the Hobbit music. It really is sweet. Um, And your duck house, Jacqueline, the picture of the duck house. It is a Hobbit house. That is just wonderful. There we are with all the little ducks in it. Just let them out. Yes, Maggie saying, love the Hobbit duck shelter. That has really made my day. Um, Jacqueline saying, obviously, my daughter likes the Hobbit. She also built the duck house. Currently, she's planting our fall garden. Yes, King Dude, thank you for the Hobbit music. Yes, love the soundtrack. Me too. It is just wonderful. Um, I was also talking in the first segment about the Russell Brand case. Russell Brand, the uh, comedian, actor, radio DJ, and general self-proclaimed prophet and guru has been um, accused of various sexual offences and, Dr. Torres is making the point, I'm sorry, I don't believe claims of abuse years after the supposed event. And isn't there a statute of limitations? Accused persons have a right to due process, a speedy trial and the presumption of innocence. Absolutely agree with you, Dr. Torres. I do not like trial by media. I think that when accusations are made, it should be kept anonymous until the time of trial at the very least if not the time of um, verdict because I think for many even if they are acquitted mud sticks they always get associated with those allegations I absolutely agree with you what troubles me about the Russell Brand case um, I have admitted I never liked the man very much I'm allergic to influencers who set themselves up as a terribly good role model for everybody I'm just extremely squeamish about people who do that However, what troubles me about this case is the fact that Russell Brand bragged about certain things he'd done on live radio. Um, The woman who says that he indecently exposed himself to her. Then heard minutes later, Russell Brand giggling about it on the radio. How is that acceptable? If it had been some kind of an accident, she did not say it was an accident. She said it was very deliberately crept up on her. It um, said it was extremely disturbing. Even if it had been an accident, like you know she'd walked in on him in the bathroom or something, would you really have boasted about it on radio? It just strikes me as incredibly inappropriate behaviour. He also got into a lot of trouble some years ago because he sent obscene messages to uh, Andrew Sachs. You know the actor who plays Manuel in Faulty Towers. He's a much loved elderly actor now. Um, he, he and um, Jonathan Ross left obscene messages on Andrew Sachs's voicemail, boasting about sleeping with his granddaughter. So, frankly, this is not a very nice man, and this is not someone whose behaviour is at all acceptable. Yes, a lot of these allegations are just that. At the moment, they are allegations. They have yet to be put uh, put to trial in court. And, Dr. Torres, I completely agree with you. A man has a right to a fair due process. However, he has done certain things that... It, it just Let me just say it surprises me that the BBC and other media outlets did not see a problem with the way he was behaving, okay? Let's just, just leave it at that at the moment. Um, loving the pictures of Hobbit houses. Yes, uh, Maggie has put... Oh, there we are. You can get the whole of the, the Hobbit soundtrack. It's beautiful. Um, one of my favourite musical soundtracks. Um, Denise I'm saying, never been a fan of The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, i i didn't I didn't like the Hobbit films at all because the Hobbit, the story is just it's a children's book, and it's quite short. the way that somehow or other Peter Jackson managed to squeeze three films out of it is anybody's guess. It was. It was almost like they were trying to turn it into Lord of the Rings. and That's just not what it is. I do, however, love Lord of the Rings, both the film trilogy and the books. Absolutely love Lord of the Rings. Um, In fact, oh, I I should ask you another question. In honour of Hobbit Day, I'm rerunning the quiz. What does Lobelia Sackville-Baggins attempt to smuggle... How, sorry, does Lobelia Fats, Sackville Baggins attempt to smuggle several small but rather valuable items out of Bag End in the brim of her hat, inside her umbrella, or in her pocketses? In the brim of her hat, inside her umbrella, or in her pocketses? Um. Philip is asking Jacqueline, did you catch yourself at least once saying, you dirty rat? Jacqueline saying, no, but I should. It's just really sad. Yeah. Rats are awful, absolutely no, completely understand. You must be absolutely devastated. May you have many, many more litters of beautiful baby bunnies with the cat to protect them. Uh, But at the moment, the loss will be very, very strong. It is another interesting anniversary today, though, and one I cannot resist sharing with you. On this day, this is absolutely true, on this day... Let me get the date right. In 15, no, in 565, so 565. This is a very, very long time ago, way back in the midst of time. On this day in 565 AD, St. Columba reported seeing a monster in Loch Ness. So on this day in 565 was the first reported sighting of the Loch Ness monster by St. Columba. Loch Ness is Scotland's second largest loch by surface area after Loch Lomond, but due to its great depth, it is the largest by volume. Just the sort of place for a monster to hide. And when I found out... That St. Columba reported seeing a monster, I immediately sort of felt a bit less sceptical about the whole Loch Ness Monster thing. Well, if St. Columba said he saw it, then he must have seen it. However, it was an awfully long time ago. I mean, could a monster actually live that many centuries Under the sea without anyone finding him. I mean, if there had been a monster in 565 AD, presumably it would be pushing up daisies by now. Just saying. Um, But I do find it very interesting that that particular legend was born so many centuries ago. It's just incredible. Yes, and Jacqueline saying a saint was the first. Wow! Well, this is it. My initial scepticism started to fall away when I found out it was Saint Columba. Why would Saint Columba have made up a story like that? I'd always assumed the Loch Ness monster legend was much more recent. I thought it was probably nineteenth century, and it was, um, it was put about because they needed a bit more tourism or something like that. But it's a very, very old legend that there is a monster in Loch Ness. The question is, though, would that monster still be there or any trace of it still be there? Just, you know, putting it out there, it seems a little bit unlikely. On the subject of monsters, a warning has been made. Uh, many of you um, will have followed the story of Lucy Lettby, the neonatal nurse who has gone to prison uh, for killing babies in her care. She is now Britain's most prolific serial killer and has been given a whole life term, one of very few women who has ever been given a whole life term. She will never leave prison because of her crimes. However, the head of the Bristol Children's Hospital, she was um, from a hospital in Chester. The head of uh, Bristol's Royal Infirmary and Bristol's Children's Hospital has warned that the best protections and safeguards will not stop murderers who are charming and endearing He warned, there is an outside chance that a Lucy Letby-style serial killer could be working at the Bristol Royal Infirmary, the Bristol Children's Hospital or Western General. Because even though there are many ways in which patients and staff can raise concerns, and even though medical data and other warning signs are regularly analysed, I quote, The best process in the world would not have weeded out Lucy Letby, who killed seven babies in a Chester hospital. Very frightening thing to hear. He said, you know, uh, we should not be complacent because the process will only take us so far. The best process in the world would not have weeded out a serial killer because they're charming, endearing and really lovely to be around. They are also people who kill. It's very, very frightening. The challenge, he continues, is for us is to how to separate the signal from the noise, because a number of things have come up in medical organisations that make us think, how do we step back and look at what's going on? The combination of the culture we're trying to set, some of the processes and procedures are more likely to spot any harm or people who intend to cause harm, more than anything we're determined to be curious, to keep an open mind and keep learning. That's not to suggest we look at our colleagues with constant suspicion, but to realise these things can happen in any medical environment. It's quite a frightening statement. But I suppose what he is pointing out, I mean, it is certainly very likely that Lucy Letby could have been found out sooner. There were whistleblowers who warned that she was a danger, that she posed a danger. They were not taken seriously because Lucy Letby was so lovely. That was it. It was always oh, not nice, Lucy. It was very difficult for people to believe that she could have done those things. But there were people warning within the unit that there was at least a cause for concern, a cause for an uh, explanation, an investigation into what she was doing. But I suppose what this person is trying to say is that in the end, the best process in the world cannot always contain evil or spot evil because it doesn't show itself very obviously, Serial killers are by their nature manipulative, charming, endearing, very nice to be around. They wouldn't get away with what they do if they weren't. Dr Harold Shipman also went to prison for the mass killing of his patients. He was a charming man. He had an excellent bedside manner. His patients thought the world of him. That's what makes it so frightening and makes it so very, very difficult to protect the public from people like that. It's because they hide in plain sight. The first thing I discovered when I was doing research into child abuse, um, I worked for eight months for the church looking at uh, child protection issues. And the first thing I found out, which I should already have known, is that there is no profile for a sexual predator. They don't go around in dirty trench coats. They're not sad losers with I am a pedo written on their back. You know, they tend to be terribly nice people, which is why they go undetected for so long. It's frightening, but it's a reminder of what we all already know, that evil is in our midst, that there's only so far you can go to identifying it and to preventing it. We have to be vigilant. We we all have to be vigilant. As this as this director was saying, you know, you can't just check you, you can't you can't look at everyone with suspicion. You can't keep checking what everybody is doing all the time because you'd go mad. But you have always to be a little bit vigilant, I suppose. So yeah, from one monster to another. It was a frightening statement and this is an ongoing case over here in Britain. Lucy Letby has been given the right to appeal. Well, she has every right to appeal. And that does mean, however, the story is likely to run and run. And a lot of units, neonatal units around the country are becoming extremely nervous. Um, a unit in Nottingham has said it is now opening an investigation into baby deaths there it's very likely that pretty much anywhere where babies have died and every baby unit has deaths is now going to face a lot of scrutiny, but perhaps it is necessary scrutiny. It is 58 minutes past the hour. You are listening to The Early Show with your hostess, Fiorella de Maria. If you've missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of The Early Show as a podcast, same day, from crusademax.com. And we have been talking about National Hobbit Day What a wonderful day and all the ways you can celebrate Tolkien's wonderful works. One of the points that's made about Tolkien is that even though his works have been very closely studied, his Catholicism is something that critics keep very quiet about. So let's not keep quiet about that. Tolkien's Catholicism had a huge influence on his writing and particularly on the whole world of Middle Earth that he created. It's also the anniversary in 565 of St. Columba reporting that he had seen a monster in Loch Ness. Yes, the legend of the Loch Ness monster dates all the way back to 565 and a saint was the first to say it. So I am, you know, reconsidering my feelings about Nessie. Maybe there really was a monster down there. Russell Brand has been accused of multiple sexual offences and footage has been uncovered of him, I say uncovered, has been rebroadcast of him boasting about indecently exposing himself to a woman. It's leading to a lot of questions being asked of the BBC about just how much they cover up for their stars. I should also say, uh, we were talking a bit earlier about you know, historic allegations and how there has to be due process, which, of course, there does. But these are not particularly old allegations. You know, you're not talking about allegations from 40 years ago. Russell Brand is only in his late 40s. So these are not historic allegations. I do think women have to be encouraged or should be encouraged to report these cases immediately or certainly very soon afterwards um, rather than delaying by 10 years to get a story out there. However, in this particular case, uh, with the woman who said that he indecently exposed himself to her, she did report it. She did not make a formal statement, a formal complaint to the BBC, but she did report that it had happened because the manager concerned said, yes, we know it happened because he's talking about it on radio. Um Um, Jacqueline's making a very important point that observation that no one would expect evil reflects that most people believe in goodness. I think that's absolutely true Jacqueline. There's something in itself endearing about the fact that we we tend as human beings to want to give humanity the benefit of the doubt. It's very hard to believe that a person would be wicked. You know, we, we want to, there to be an innocent reason. When when the Lucy Letby case was going on, it was a very long case. It took 10 months because of the amount of evidence that had to be trawled through. And I found myself wanting so badly for her to be innocent, just, just praying that they had all been accidental deaths, that it had had nothing to do with her. Because I found it so hard to imagine that that sweet looking nurse or any nurse could possibly do something so horrible. And I think in a way... People who are supporting her appeal, well, from a purely legal point of view, we should support a person's right to appeal because it's a very significant part of the legal process. But I think in many cases, there's a feeling of, oh, please, God, let her not be a killer. Let nobody want to kill a tiny baby. It's just too horrible. Um Oh Jacqueline thinks her daughter thinks the monster, you know, the, the Loch Ness monster that is rather than the serial killer monster was a sturgeon. Well, I'm wondering how big can they get? Because if you saw something really huge, you know, diving in and out of the water perhaps, it might look like a monster. And I don't know how much of a description St Columba gave of what it was he saw. Uh, good morning, CRTOL. Good morning, WK Sumner. Thank you for joining us. So you know, monster is quite a broad term. It could have been a huge fish, possibly. Yeah, they're scaly, quite frightening looking, if you're not expecting them. I don't imagine St. Columba had any notion at all that he was going to spawn centuries of tacky souvenirs and Adventurers trying to drain the loch to find the monster. I, I don't imagine he had any idea about what was coming, but there we go. Good morning, Ashley. Thanks for signing in. But the answer to my question what was it? Just a moment. Sorry. Um, how did Lobelia Sackville Baggins attempt, attempt to smuggle small, valuable items out of Bagend? It was in her umbrella. Next question, this is far too obscure for me. Which of these things is not made of the wood of the fair tree Lebethron, beloved of the wood rites of Gondor? The casket carrying the crown at Aragorn's coronation? the staves given by Faramir to Frodo and Sam, or the chair of the steward, Denethor? Which of these items is not made of the wood of the fair tree, Levithron? The casket carrying the crown at Aragorn's coronation, the staves given by Faramir to Frodo and Sam, or the chair of the steward of Denethor? If anyone knows that, they you know, they deserve an extra special wow i'm just seeing the picture that's in the chat room please sign into the chat room just to see this pdcco is saying i managed to catch a 300 pound sturgeon out of the columbia river i bet that kept you in fish risotto for a few weeks jacqueline has a picture up of a huge sturgeon it's being it's being lifted by Five people. It's a huge monster. Yeah, it's a very large fish. Ashley, you're right. Um Huge and quite frightening looking. That would look like a monster. I think if you honestly saw that peeping out of the water, you would think you'd seen a monster. I wonder if it really was a sturgeon. I think that's a very good guess. I think it's a very, very good possibility. Gosh. Yes, poor old St. Columba. That must have been really frightening. Anyway, I feel we should move on. Uh, let's leave R- Russell Brand to the mercy of the courts, shall we, um, just to make you smile. Now, you know the way sometimes people go into art galleries and are full of modern art and say, ah, oh, a five-year-old could do that or whatever, that's not art. Right, a Danish artist has got into trouble after presenting the museum who are funding him with two empty frames and claiming that this was his artwork. He labelled the frames, the empty frames, take the money and run. The background to this is he was given um, quite a bit of funding by the Kunsten Museum of Modern Art in northern Denmark to recreate two earlier works that used scores of banknotes to represent average incomes in Denmark. Um, the the work in question was it was made in 2007. It was called An Average Danish, Danish Annual Income and had kroner notes fixed to canvas in a frame. A second one was made um, in 2011 using euros about Austrian incomes. So the museum gave the equivalent of about sixty-one thousand five hundred pounds sterling from its reserves to create, recreate these artworks, as well as an artist's fee of forty thousand krona. However, when the staff unpacked the two works of art, they found two empty frames, entitled to take the money and run. The new artworks are on display. But when the artist in question refused to return the money, the museum went to court. They took legal action and a court in Copenhagen has ordered the artist to repay the money that was loaned to him but said he could still be paid his fee. The museum stated, we are not a wealthy museum, we have to think carefully about how we spend our funds. We don't spend more than we can afford. To be honest, if you were thinking about looking after your funds, I probably wouldn't have given thousands of pounds worth of banknotes to an artist to turn them into a piece of art. I can can just think of other ways you could have used that money. But anyway, I'm not the curator of this museum, and they gave this artist the money in good faith. Um, Hanning, the artist, claimed at the time, the work is that I have taken them money it's not theft it's breach of contract the breach of contract is part of the work i encourage other people who have working conditions as miserable as mine to do the same if they're sitting in some expletive deleted job not getting paid and are actually being asked to pay money to go to work then grab what you can and beat it sorry it's a funny prank but only if you had given the money back you know, if, if he'd done that and then said, okay, here's the, here's the money that you gave me for this, this artwork, okay, fine. It's just theft. It's not just breach, breach of contract. It is theft. He has pocketed money that was never intended for his pockets. Therefore, it is theft. Um, Maggie is saying, here is an obscure Two Towers question. What are the names of the Two Towers? I have no idea. Does anyone know this? What are the names of the two towers in the second book in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, The Two Towers? They actually have, I didn't even know they had names. How sad is that? They have names. I did not know what they were. By the way, the answer to the question about which of these things is not made of wood of the fair tray, tree, Lebathron, it's the chair of the steward Denethor at Minas Tirith, which is made of stone, black and unadorned. Aha. Maggie has taken um, pity on us and given the answers. The two towers are called Minas Tirith and Minas Morgul. The first one sounds familiar, says Ashley. Yes, I recognise that, but I didn't know that was where it was. I knew it was a place. I didn't know, in fact, it was one of the towers. Okay, that's great to know. All right, next question. What was as hot as a gleed? One balrog's whip. Two, the Silmaril that Beren and Lúthien took from the iron crown of Morgoth. Or three, the ring that Isildur cut from Sauron's finger. This is getting so nerdy. I feel like you'd have to have a doctorate in Tolkien studies to be able to answer that. What was as hot as a gleed? The Balrog's whip, the Silmaril that Beren and Lúthien, whoever they were, took from the iron crown of Morgoth. Or the ring that Isildur cut from Sauron's finger. Okay, if anyone works that one out, they you know they should probably, in fact, you should probably phone into the show just to show how clever or nerdy whichever one you want to call yourself is. Can anyone also answer the question for me in terms of our national days? I love the fact that it's National Hobbits Day, I like the fact that it's National Ice Cream Cone Day. I could talk about ice cream all day, as I said in the first segment, the ice cream cone originates from Victorian times when seaside holidays became very popular in Britain as a quick, inexpensive getaway for young families. The penny lick was introduced. This was a glass bowl full of ice cream, a penny's worth of ice cream. And you'd have your ice cream and you'd give the glass bowl back. It would then be filled with ice cream again and given to the next person, which was a bit disgusting, really, and a bit unhygienic. So the ice cream cone swiftly followed. We have a lot to thank the Victorians for railways and roads and canals and sewage systems and all manner of exciting inventions, but fish and chips and ice cream cones are pretty near the top of my list. Good morning, Tom Connolly. Lots of people signing in. I have to think of a different way to approach Mike, by the way. I'm not sub- I've am not i got to say something other than, Mike, are you there today? How does everyone think I should greet him? Good morrow, Mike, of the Crusade Channel. I don't know. Can we think of something really pretentious, please, in the next three minutes? Okay. What was as hot as a gleed? It was the ring that Isildur cut from Sauron's finger. He wrote that the ring he cut from Sauron's finger, the one ring... Was hot when I first took it, hot as a gleed, and my hand was scorched, so that I doubt if I ever again, I should, if ever again, I shall be free of the pain of it. Gleed or gleed, G L E D E, is an archaic English word for a live coal or ember. Defender, I can't say yo what's up, Mike. No way. Use a hobbit greeting. How about King Dude? You're late. That's what, isn't, that, isn't that the first thing that Frodo says to Gandalf? I think that would work, don't you? Um, because he usually is late, let's face it. Right. I can't actually ask the next question because they're all in Elvish and I can't pronounce Elvish and it's silly. It's invocations that Gandalf uses during the warg attack. No, I just can't say that, sorry. Um The guards of Minas Tirith laugh and Pippin protests when Gandalf calls him just a piece of luggage, Tom fool of a toque or a very valiant man. There we are. The guards of Minas Tirith laugh and Pippin protests when Gandalf calls him just a piece of luggage, Tom fool of a toque or a very valiant man. There we are. What would the answer be? I'm not saying yo, what's up, Mike? No way. Okay. Very, very quickly. Do you think that that artist should have been taken to court? Um, it's obviously very wrong. He is a thief. It's theft. Okay. But there is a certain amount of humour in it as well. Okay. Remnant 1803 is saying he calls him Tom Fool of a, of a took. No, he calls him that in the mines of Moria when he accidentally drops a stone down the well. He actually protests, Pippin protests, when Gandalf calls him a very valiant man. A very valiant man. Because Pippin says, I am a hobbit and no more valiant than I am a man, save perhaps now and again by necessity. He's a humble chap, is little Pippin. Ah, uh, Jacqueline say, top of the morning to you. Do you know apparently no Irishman ever said that? top of the morning to you though i'd rather like it um bk michigan good morning king dude that's a bit ivan basson don't you think i don't think somehow i could get that kind of robin williams dj kind of good morning vietnam kind of tone to it somehow um let me have a think i've got to think of something no it's tra- i'm out of time i'm out of time what shall i say you're late mike No, it didn't work. Good morrow, brother.
1: Guten tag.
0: Buenos dias. How are you this morning?
1: Bonjour. (laughs) We could just trade languages.
0: Sahalik. Salut. (laughs) How long is this going to go on for? Buongiorno.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Buongiorno. Is that French?
0: Buongiorno is Italian.
1: Italian. Oh. Yes. Have a good day. Is bonjour. Oh yes,
0: it is. That's
1: yes, true. Is. So uh, you said something really uh, profound about Russell. Did I? Yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, now you may not dabble uh, in the uh, in the reality that is that there. Uh, you said there are evil people out there. There's a lot of evil out there. There is a lot of evil. And uh, especially in entertainment and in media and communications. As a matter of fact, my friend uh, William Briggs published a, the results of a survey that was taken uh, last year. And the surveyors asked the question. Let me see if I can find it here. The surveyors asked the question. Um, it, it, they went by field, by vocation. Um, whether or not you were in, in the United States, if you were a Republican or a Democrat, and mm-hmm. okay, so the uh, the results of the survey by field or by uh, vocation, if uh, let me let me pull this up, um, they go from one point six to every one. And that's the smallest one where then, and, and uh, that's if you admit it in public, right? So the smallest gap is one colon six, colon to one. So 1. 1.6 to one. And that is in the field of engineering, which makes complete and total sense because an engineer has to deal with reality. Mm-hmm. Right? An engineer has to deal with the reality that and there are 25 fields. The Democrat to Republican ratios. Engineering is 1.6 to one. Uh, guess what is number one outside of uh, interdisciplinary academics? Acting. Communications. Fifty-six okay. to one, or fifty-six to zero, is mm-hmm. the ratio. Fifty-six to zero. So on the reality scale, this puts most people in communications uh, about as far from reality and as close to fantasy as one can get and still be alive and not get and not be eaten by lions, tigers, and bears every day. <laughs> yeah. So what you said about Russell Brand um, and about the fact that uh, that uh, about the BBC coddling them, I guarantee you they coddled him, and I be, because it meant pounds in the bank. And I will wager you that he's not the only one that they're covering for.
0: Well, the, the awful thing is, this comes on the back of—not quite on the back, but very close to the Jimmy Savile case.
1: Yes, this and was, that was
0: that was a huge shock because he was abusing children for decades. Decades,
1: decades.
0: Um, and they knew. They they knew. You know they, you know, they they claimed they didn't, but it's very difficult to see how they could not have known that was going on.
1: Now they also at the end of his career didn't they weren't there some women that came forward or whatever and said that Benny Hill was was uh, kind of acted inappropriate
0: well, I wouldn't. I don't know about that case, but I wouldn't be surprised because he made his career out of behaving like that.
1: Right. Um, I, I thought I saw something about Benny Hill. And I used to. And I used to love watching Benny Hill skits. Uh, they're, uh, they're they're very funny. I mean, he was a funny guy. Um, yeah. But 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 back to your point, I would not be surprised in any way, shape, or form to find out that there are, uh, if not literally hundreds of them, that the BBC is is and has been covering for?
0: Yeah. I, th- I think that this should... Well, the Jimmy Savile case should have been a watershed. That should have been the point at which a lot of things came to light, but they didn't. I think the BBC was much more interested in protecting its reputation. My hope is that this will be the point at which, you know, the, the doors just have to be opened.
1: Well, it kind of reflects on what kind of broadcasting media we have. It's wretched. Mm. It's absolutely vile.
0: Yeah. And what is the power as well?
1: So, so let me give you a... Uh, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, so mm. I watch some TV series from time to time so I can warn people about them. Actually, <laughs> I should turn them off. There, there was one that was produced by the BBC. It starred the uh, Asian-English actress Sarah O. Oh. Do you know what Sarah O. Oh is? No. Okay, the, TV, the show was called Killing Eve. I oh, I know of the show, but I've never watched it. Okay, okay. Well, in the first season, there is some there there is some psychological, uh, psychological uh, terror horror kind of uh, theme that that that's that 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 could have turned out. To make a good, a decent show. There's also a bit of comedy in there, re- really dark comedy. Um right. and, and so as they get into the, uh, as the show develops, and they do these seasons now that are eight episodes long. That's a, that's a that's a TV series now, eight episodes, which I think it's just a complete and total waste of it should be a complete and total waste of our time Um, but if you get to all the way to season 4 and I was like okay well I've invested in season 1 I'm going to find out how this story turns out when they get to the final season which they filmed after COVID in 2022 um, it just descends into a melange of of just les. It's it, 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 it's probably the the most the most over uh, the top calling card, if you will, uh, endorsement mm. and embrace of homosexuality and lesbianism in the history of broadcast and broadcast media. Mm. I've never watched it. it. it it's it, it it and there's no point to it. It it it, it the story doesn't need it. You could, there's an interesting plot line that's going on there, and it's just completely and totally ruined and made demonic by the homosexuality that they, and you can tell that they're just doing it. If, they, if it was about children, I'd say they were grooming, but this is obviously grooming adults for it. Um, and that's just, I mean, that's just par for the course. It's just the way they produce things now.
0: Well, my feeling is with characters like Russell Brand I think a lot of the problem within the media is that they're encouraged to be badly behaved yes and it's called edgy um and then they're also encouraged to be extremely arrogant um they're built up into something that they're not i mean he was a comedian and actor he's not a guru sorry what we know, he has he has no he has no right to call himself that he has no qualifications and then when it goes wrong everyone acts very surprised but, you know, we set up these situations.
1: Yeah, it's not like uh, he was one of those comedians that, um, that worked, the, worked the live com- comedy circuit and then was in, wrote his own jokes or wrote his own comedy. Uh, and there's very few of those. Do you know who Conan O'Brien is?
0: Yes, I've, um, he's U.S., isn't he?
1: Yes, well, Conan yes. O'Brien is one of the few. And most people don't like Conan O'Brien. I, from time, I like Conan sometimes, and sometimes I don't. But mm. Conan O'Brien is one of those. He did the clubs. He he actually had his own show, his own talk show for a while. But while he was doing that, Conan O'Brien actually wrote. Like he wrote entire episodes of The Simpsons, the TV show The Simpsons. Right. So he's one of those old school kind of actors. I think if you don't actually act and work the craft, then you become a joke. You become a clown.
0: Hmm. It's still the case over here that most comedians have to start out that way. you know, doing the bar rooms and, and the small gigs to build themselves up. But some of them get kind of parachuted <laughs> forward. And that's where it tends to go wrong. Um, I know Conan because there was an English uh, comedian who went on his show once and did this really funny skit about ducks.
1: <laughs> about ducks.
0: <laughs> look, look up. Look up Conan and ducks.
1: I'm sure, uh, uh, as I said, from time to time, there are instances where I've seen some Conan O'Brien stuff and I thought it was funny. But for the most part, I I just, I I don't like the (laughs) Conan. I have no no use for him. But this is how it works out in every field. Mm. The the, the devotion to to craft, you know, the devotion to, uh, this is my vocation, this is what I do which I, I think that some of the members are, for example, maybe of the Monty Python troupe. I mean, those guys have been working in acting and theater and stage plays. And I just
0: can't stand Monty
1: Python. And, and in comedy their entire lives. But, it, but, but, but they still continue to do it. I mean, John Cleese is in his 80s. <laughs> he's, still, yeah. and he's still out there playing. Wow, it's, it's, it's blue hu- humor, Fiorella. I wouldn't think that you would like uh, Monty Python. Um, do you ever, are you familiar with the Johnny, with Johnny Carson? No. You don't know who Johnny Carson was? No. So Johnny Carson was one of the pioneers, if you will, of late-night television talk shows. And mm-hmm. Carson was a pretty, very dry, satirical sense of humor, uh, pretty funny guy. I mean, he he, he, could be, he could be a straight man, but he could also be a funny guy. You know, for the 30-some-odd years that he was on NBC on late-night, he had the same guy that was basically his clown... Um, uh, his yes man, his, his straight man that worked with him, his name was Ed McMahon. And all Ed did was read the cue cards. He'd introduce who the next guest was going to be. You know, going to the breaks, Ed McMahon would uh, would say who, who the next guest was coming up. But he always sat in the chair next to Car- next to Carson and did what... Uh, uh, and, and I guess he was kind of like a crutch for the comedian. But the point is, is that Ed McMahon was satisfied with being... Kind of the the sidekick to Johnny Carson and he accepted it. Well, that's my role, and he was really good at it, and that's what he did for nearly three decades. Can you imagine that? Oh,
0: I can't at all.
1: <laughs> wow. Now, let's talk about the Hobbit for a moment. Yeah. I picked up Lord of the Rings, the, the second book, because I had stopped I I made it through uh, I made it through the Hobbit and You made
0: it through the Hobbit. Makes well, it sound well like a bit
1: last of it. lint, so I so I, because I we turned the TVs off. Um, ah. For entertainment, I read fiction, and I picked. I'd never read Tolkien before, so I read the first book. I read The Hobbit, and then I had uh, the second book, and I made it about. I was on page seven hundred and thirty some odd, because you know if you get the three books, the, the pages don't start at one in each volume. No, they go from however many pages ends in The Hobbit, to how, and then it starts on that page in the Lord of the Rings, um, or the, uh, the yeah, the Lord of the Rings. So um, I picked it up again last night. I read about twelve pages, and um, it was really good. <laughs> I was amazed, and I would. I wish I. I wish Tolkien was alive, so I could ask him the question. Was he making up the names of all of these characters and forests and mountain ranges and oceans and lakes and ponds and crossings as he was writing the story, or did he draw the maps first?
0: Oh, no, he he created the whole mythology first. He created the whole of Middle-earth.
1: I, I think it's just endeared to it because the, the passage that I'm reading now is after, um, let's see, the little hobbit, uh, Pippin, has been found by Gandalf I'm um, in the mm-hmm. second part uh, or the middle part of the Lord of the Rings. And we haven't seen Frodo and Sam Gamgee for almost the whole first, uh, the, uh, this episode or this volume of the Lord of the Rings. So they finally go back to Frodo and Sam Gamgee. Mm-hmm. And they're making their way around the uh, starts with an M uh, the, the low hills. They're trying to get get through these hills, and as they're going through this, I'm like, who who, <laughs> who does this? So uh, I think that that's uh, that, uh, that's something that, that one could study. Just the oh, mythology I'm sure, I'm sure of the has, Lord of the Rings.
0: Oh, I'm sure there have been many degrees. Uh, many theses. I, I'd be very surprised if it hasn't happened. Oh, nobody answered my question, by the way. Which actor refused the part of Gandalf?
1: Um, oh, gosh. I know who this is. Don't tell me. Hold on. I know this. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, golly. Uh, you don't okay, I can't remember. Sean Connery. That's right. That's right. And yeah. and, and wait, because he had to, because he went and made that 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 awful movie, uh, the League of uh, of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, is that what he was? doing? that yes, because he turned it down because he said he'd already made a commitment to go make the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen.
0: Good
1: grief! That, that's if you have you seen that? No. You haven't missed hmm? anything. So, I'm not a
0: big Sean Connery fan, I'm afraid.
1: So Connery did turn it down, and he turned it down because he was already committed to another movie.
0: Right. Because the um, the story I heard was that he didn't understand the script, which I thought was quite funny, but maybe that's well, not true.
1: Maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, by the way, I found another Lord of the Rings trivia quiz, and I'm going to be asking the questions during, oh, right. uh, during the show because this one has uh, 15 uh, questions. The first one is, which hobbit was responsible for bringing the ring, the ring to the Shire? Now that sort sure of starts off with the easiest of easy, and I was also laughing out loud earlier when when you were going over how old Bilbo Baggins was on mm. his birthday, because that's how yeah. the book that's how the Hobbit book opens. It's Bilbo's birthday. Yeah. Was it was. What was he in, in the in the third age? He was how much?
0: Oh, eleven
1: hundred. His eleventy birthday. All right, so everyone should just, uh, as soon as we get through the serious parts of the Mike Church show today, everyone should just relax and embrace a hobbit and a hobbit lifestyle for the rest of the day. and Let the cares and worries and deceit and demonic infestations of this world just float away, just dissolve and embrace the hobbit. Embrace the Lord of the Rings. I think I might watch the two towers today.
0: That sounds like a plan. I'm very I'm very tempted to watch all of the rings. <laughs>
1: all right. right. We shall see you Monday.
0: Indeed. Have a wonderful weekend. Yeah. It is half past the hour. It's been my absolute pleasure to bring you the early show all the way from Chile, England. Don't forget to write to me at Fiorella at crusadechannel.com. And the chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. I will now leave you with the king dude, Mike Church himself. You're listening to the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. Bye.